Pepper and Dylan Show podcasts are brought to you by Boston Pizza with locations now open for dine-in service. You can enjoy all your favorites comfortably with additional safety measures in place. Find a location open near you at bostonpizza.com. Yeah. The Pepper and Dylan Show. Kiss 91.7. This is all right. Pepper and Dylan, yeah, you hear them on the radio. They've been together since about 14 years ago. You must be here because you got nowhere else to go. No. Thanks for tuning in to the After Show Show. Welcome to the After Show Show, July 15th, 2020. Please rate, subscribe. And don't give us that one that Review. we currently have. We already Review. have the yeah, one. It's yeah. a, it, no more one. That's taken care of. Wait, We're did done. our guest coming up on the podcast in a couple seconds when we call him, did he just give you a thumbs up emoji? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually made fun of us like three times when I was guest booking because I said, would you like to do a podcast with a bunch of radio hacks? And he's like, are two really a bunch? Right. I said, there's three of us. Thanks. But uh, known for his sarcasm. Absolutely known for his sarcasm. <laughs> he uses emojis? Yeah, he gave you a thumbs up because I said we'll be calling you. Uh, look oh, at him wait. a little differently. He's changed right? up the number. Okay. So I'm going to have to just show okay. you that here real quickly. He's um, changed up. He wants a landline. The uh, Oh, wow. Oh, we got a landline. Oh, this is going to be good. Landline. You okay. know we're going to have a good podcast when a landline so pops up. The guest we are calling Edmonton broadcast legend, right? Legendary. Yeah. Uh, Daryl McIntyre. Goodness from gracious. CTV. So let's dial him Well, up. formerly of CTV. We've been well, waiting a yeah, while for yeah, this one. No, yeah, yeah. Point. So do we know what's, well, we'll ask him. What's, I don't know what's what's on the line, what's not. I mean, to, mm-hmm. uh, Daryl McIntyre. Daryl McIntyre is here. Uh, Darryl, what's off limits? What's on limits here that uh, to talk about, about your your uh, your departure? You, you can ask the question and I'll tell you what okay. it's on. Well, whatever. Okay. It's, all, okay. it's all good. It's, I've been fairly open with well, Pretty much everything, so not a big deal. Okay, we'll work our way towards that. We'll start with the fact that we were just kind of sharing, uh, while we were hoping to get you on today, we were sharing off the air about the legend of the 6 o'clock news anchor <laughs> over the decades. And what it, it, there was a time, until I guess somewhat recently, where it was the most respected, one of the top most respected positions in the media in the city. In oh a, yeah! In any city now, Daryl. This, really sound, this sounds like the intro to Ron Burgundy, right? It right? does. <laughs> there was a time. No, but it, it was. these are the most respected men in the world. Well, families though grew up, you know, watching the six o'clock news. <laughs> That's what I did in Calgary, albeit in Calgary with yeah. a guy named Daryl Jans was the guy. In, oh yeah, in, in Calgary. Um, but that was you for how many years? Uh, well, I was on at six o'clock for about thirty. And change, and then overall at CFRN CTV. How old are you? (laughs) 92. <laughs> okay, so ninety two. That first opportunity came because that was the that was the brass ring opportunity, the six o'clock news anchor. Right? Yeah, and, and for me, it ended up almost being like a like a fortunate golden handshake where uh, I thought maybe that my career would go elsewhere. And then I was twenty five years old, and I got the six o'clock gig, and I never left. So. Is that is that young to get the six o'clock news anchor gig? Oh yeah, twenty <laughs> five. That's right. It yeah. sounds like it's awful young. Uh, uh, for and especially you know. All sexism aside, or at least intentionally, for for a, a male, it's uh, it's quite unusual. Right. But yeah. men and women, their 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 broadcast career lengths usually uh, are different. So it's it's not it's not apples and oranges anyway. So. And at twenty five, and in your first year or two anchoring the six o'clock news, uh, it, some viewers, especially back then, pretty renowned for for saying writing in letters. I guess it would be letters then, and yeah. calling and and with with odd complaints and strange observations right. that <laughs> I don't like the way this guy looks or dresses or what. What are some of the strange ones you received? I didn't get them, uh, and you know what? Maybe I was just sort of that blando in the middle. 
middle. I didn't infuriate or uh, ex, you know excite uh, anybody in particular. I don't know. I very, I very, very few. If I, you know, I think I made a smart-ass remark at one point about Dr. Dean Adell, who was a medical reporter. I loved Dr. Dean Adell. (laughs) And it's something about it. And uh, so anyway, I don't need to hear that boy's opinion or something to that. So that was, that's pretty much it. I didn't get them. Women get so much more criticism, abuse, uh, attention, unwanted attention uh, than the guys, even more recently with, uh, with social media. I was very fortunate not to get very much of that at all. I mean, you would have been uh, in this city living through every major thing. So what are some of the events that stand out because you were there uh, reporting on them at the 6 o'clock news? Well, there's always the big, like, the, you know, <laughs> what, what a ridiculous business, right, where we remember our milestones by, by the tragedies that occurred. Right. Mm. In, in, in news, that sort of, that became a hallmark, right? That's when you, you know, something major is, has happened and you need, to, you need to cover it. So those clearly are hallmarks. And so it goes everything from... From tornadoes to to the Mounties and Marathorpe to to fires in Slave Lake and Fort McMurray and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Those to the Oilers too, right? The Oilers. But you know, there's also the fun stuff. There's there's also the Oilers and following the Eskimos and that kind of thing. Riots in the streets. Uh, take your pick of which decade yeah. uh, for the Oilers. And uh, yeah, and those were so much fun. I got to uh, when the Oilers made it at Stanley Cup Final. What a billion years ago in '06. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to go to Raleigh, North Carolina, along with our sports guys, so that mm-hmm. we could do sort of double coverage. I could do news features and follow. We had so many people from Edmonton who'd gone to North Carolina to watch the games or bus trips, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I did sort of stories on that while he did sports. And then at night, we'd tag team on the, the sports coverage. So I'd, I'd follow the Hurricanes. He'd take care of the order. So that was kind of fun. I got to play a uh, sports reporter for a while, too. So those are kind of the things you remember. Different, unusual, out-of-the-box incidents. Are you a dad, Daryl? No. No. Who's your daddy? It's just my dogs and my cats. You got those giant dogs that are size of the house, right? Oh, they're they're just delicate little flowers, little Great Danes. <laughs> I see you on Instagram, and it looks like if they truck mud into the house, there'd be problems. All right, this is this is an inane story, but I recently been doing some work in my backyard. Bunch of mud. I put electric fence around it so the dogs wouldn't go in because their paws are so big they'd bring in half a pound of mud every time <laughs> they walk through it. So yeah, mm-hmm. just small little mm-hmm. dogs. Just little babies. Uh, the lifestyle of being a six o'clock news anchor over the decades changed. How? Uh, I don't know that it really did. Uh, in a lot of ways, uh, you would come in, do your job all day. You built up toward the the, the major newscast of the night, mm-hmm. and then go home, mm-hmm. shut it off, turn around, go do it again. Mm-hmm. So. Technology changed. The way we did that job uh, changed a little bit. But as far as the, the lifestyle, as far as you know, the the hours, it was ten to seven. Right. You know, I right. sleep in, stay up late. It was perfect. There was a level of celebrity uh, that comes with that job. Though. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. It's, it's sort of like having a bunch of, of friends that you've never met. Right. Is what it boils down to. So you'd be in a grocery store and somebody's chatting with you or whatever, and go, "Who is that?" Well, right. I don't know, but. Obviously, a viewer. So it was never something that interested you. You're kind of you were able to stay in a, grounded enough that to to not kind of let that pull you in any direction. I, I think so. I think I think sometimes ego gets in the way a little bit, but not mm-hmm. too much. I tried to, to I sought in, in in enough other people to recognize that it was not a that a particularly endearing quality. Right. <laughs> and so one needed to be a little more self aware and just uh, just avoid that that trap. The word professionalism applies to the six o'clock news anchor more than almost anybody on in media in, in TV or newspaper. Maybe or, perceived. Yeah. 
And um, so the professionalism that kept you in Edmonton, because I'm, I'm assuming with the quality of job that you did and what gave you the longevity here, I'm sure there were offers that came along the way for other markets in, in the country and maybe elsewhere. Um, what kept you in Edmonton when the, there were opportunities elsewhere? You know what? I'd like to say, yes, they were beating down my door. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> it, unless you were pushing and looking that much, that didn't happen that often. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no, uh, I wish I could say yes. I was uh, everybody wanted me, but uh, I was happy with where I was. I w- I looked a little bit and looked south of the border, and I realize now the, how happy I was that that didn't right, work right, out. Right, right. So you know, I wish I could say yes, but no, not really. At the time, though, it was working in the U.S. Kind of the brass ring because I remember there were a lot of anchors and reporters that la- Ashley Banfield is a pretty prominent name of a, of an Albertan uh, uh, reporter. I think she was a reporter or was she an anchor that went to to the U.S. Um, yep, and, she ended up uh, at uh, and CNN, CNN and, yes. and uh, was became uh, you know famous for for her reporting on nine one nine eleven. Yes, uh, with her face covered in ash like everybody else. And yet Ashley. Uh, did weekends with us and yeah, late nights. Right. Yeah, actually, oh, wow. he took over for me on late nights. That's what it was when I got the six. Right. And is that considered, like, is that uh, the goal for a lot of broadcasters? Like, is there a big gap, a big difference between uh, working in the U.S. Uh, versus working in Canada? It's it's the allure of, uh, of larger fame. The, the country's ten times our yeah, size. Right. So you could say that the salaries have the potential to be ten times the size or... The markets are ten times, so all of the everything's bigger, right? Mm-hmm. right? It's also a different little world, and especially as I look at it now and, and watch some of the newscasts south of the border, I don't think I'd really want to be involved in most of them anyway. So, so sour grapes, maybe, <laughs> but for them, they did really like. Uh, there's another guy uh, who maybe most people in Edmonton we bring him up every now and then, or, and Global has, has as well because he worked for both of our stations. Pat Kiernan, he's basically the king of New York. Mm-hmm. He does a morning thing, I think, on New York One is what it's called, and uh, he's been doing that show for 25 years or so, mm-hmm. 20, 25 years. Uh, like Joan Rivers used to call him her favorite guy watching on TV in the morning. So Pat has done enormously, amazingly well, uh, and then Ashley as well, and, and a few others. My old buddy Ian Leonard is the weather guy. He's uh, in Minneapolis, and uh, he's, he's doing brilliantly there. So it can be, it can be a, a great opportunity, but there's not that many that are able to go. What? There was actually a guy uh, who anchored with Daphne Kuhn back in uh, 80, 81. He did uh, CTV National Weekends for a little while. He ended up in the States. He did really well as well. His name was Richard Brown. What is it in the water in Edmonton? And not just to go to the States, but with media in general, but television especially, because you look at across this sports, country right? of, well, what's that? Especially sports. It's well, yeah. Like Darren Titian mm-hmm. is a is is a is a good example. Of I'll a, give you I'll give you two before Darren. Okay, John Wells and Peter Watts. They were both working at uh, CBC, and when TSN launched, yeah, they were two of the guys who were who were pulled, and then Gord Miller's little little while afterward. But those guys were almost predecessors. Dutchie was probably the first star to come out of here, though, right? Because and, uh, of sports night. Well, what is it that's happening in Edmonton that that gives these these uh, uh, broadcasters such a uh, such an attract, or everybody's so attracted to them? It's the I, farm I team. have to think, in some ways, it was uh, it was the teams that they got to cover, mm-hmm. and then and then the ability of everyone else around them. So, like the market. Help make them better. Number one, it's it's a brilliant sports market, so you get to cut your teeth on some of the best, you know, teams and coverage that there is. And I don't know, maybe it, maybe it is the water. Maybe there's something in Boyle and Athabasca because that's where Jay Onright and Brian Mudrick come from. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe the waters. Maybe the waters there. Who yeah. knows? Well, 
Uh, so 25 years old, you're put into this key position and held it for three. How did it change within the building? Like, I imagine that there was just hundreds of people at one point down to robots at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There was a, I remember, <laughs> I remember boys, mm-hmm. um, back in the early nineties, late, we got our first, uh, robotic pedestal cameras. So they're little guys, and they'd have a spot, and you could program them to go to different places. Somebody came in on a tour and went, wow, those things are cool. How much do they cost? And uh, one of the remaining photographers went, about five jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a sad reality. Like, are, Well, it, it's a reality not just in broadcasting, in, in every... It's happening to us, too. Yeah, right. it's happening to you guys. Like, And I don't, you know, I'm not sure what goes on with your station, but with other stations, sometimes they have other people tracking entire... Uh, show so they're not even local right so no oh, absolutely oh yeah, no yeah. that's i mean we're about to go undergo uh, an incredible technological change here in the in, i think tomorrow tomorrow actually the day, happens yeah. and I'm, I'm terrified because everything every piece of audio will now be run out of toronto mm-hmm. on a server and every time we hit a button there's going to be a one second pause before it, it, it connects to that server and so in that way in that way control sometimes gets taken out of your hands exactly. right? yeah. and then what's next to get taken out of our hands yeah. so. well even most recently when just before i left there was a, a change where basically all the editors got uh, got laid off, mm-hmm. and reporters go out and they shoot their own stories. Yep. They edit them on an iPad, mm-hmm. and then they send them in remotely. Yep. So during COVID, most of them never went in. Their offices were their cars or in their houses or whatever, and <laughs> so they were doing that all themselves. The anchors were also, uh, we'd call it cutting for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. putting together video clips and, and, and stuff at our desk. Yeah. So, so, so you didn't have some of that that great skill as an editor gets taken away, and everyone does it well enough, but not as well as before. So, right. So you got to see the transition and all that happened over the years, ultimately to uh, what ended up happening as the golden handshake. You're calling it uh, for me? Yeah, uh, sort of. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Here's a check. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> so what ended up happening, though, with that? Because it came to a shock as everyone here in the room, as we all look to you to be the voice of Edmonton. Yeah. Uh, we all look to you to be uh, the D-man. The D-Man. legend. Absolutely. Well, and two things. So it's, uh, what, almost 10 months later. Mm-hmm. Has your life changed? Uh, yeah, no. No, no. Well, it has, but not <laughs> because of me not being yeah. there. <laughs> right, right. Uh, it was just, I think it was mostly a monetary decision. Once you get to a, a certain age and the uh, budgets are getting smaller, it's uh, where can we save some cash? Well, he's making more than it, the other ones are, so. Was it shock to you at that time? Not really. I, I sort of could see that writing on the wall. I thought it might be another year or two. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it'd be uh, as quick as it was, but but no, it wasn't a, it wasn't a particular particular shock. Were you given a heads up? Were you given any sort of forewarning? Okay, I'll, I'll tell you the story. So okay. I got a, a note on my email from my boss and said, hey, do you have a moment to, to meet off-site after the newscast? Well, as soon as you see off-site, you kind of go, eh, well, all right. <laughs> so I sent back a note. I checked with my wife to see if we were doing anything. Sent back a note and said, uh, sure, yeah, we can meet. Should I pack my shit? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You can bleep that later. Yeah. Uh, and it was, no, that will not be necessary today. Oh. Oh. Today. So I, I kind of knew. We went and we sat down. had a good relationship with my boss. So we sat down. We ordered up some, uh, drank some wine and uh, went, okay, what's up? And slid it over. Went, it's a package. Your last day is September 27th. 
And just like that. Yeah, and then I sort of laughed and we figured it out. Yeah. <sighs> like, so, I've also said in the past, too, that I've, I'm generally pretty good with it. It's whatever. It's their company. They can, they can do with it what they want and what they think they have to. The, you know, the other ramifications and repercussions are not up to me one way or the other. But it's, uh, I could either go out crying, kicking, and screaming, or I could have what I did have, which was a nice two-and-a-half-week goodbye. Mm-hmm. And uh, sort of, it was, it, was sort of, it was nice in that way. Yeah, they treated you great. They had a, a farewell party, everything like that, right? Yeah. And I'm sure that if I had lost my crap on that, uh, on that Wednesday evening, uh, there wouldn't have been any of that. So right. Right. I, I tried to be straight up with people. So, you know, it wasn't uh, Daryl's retiring. It's, he's gone. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be, since I knew it was coming, I didn't want to sort of lose my crap over it. It's just try and go out with some dignity. It just really seemed like you didn't want to go watching those last broadcasts. Yes and no. And uh, again, once and you're getting the, the full-on honesty, I, I think I was tired as well. Mm-hmm. And the way, uh, and I'm trying to do it so I don't throw my, my former colleagues under the bus, but just the way we were doing things wasn't enjoyable anymore. Right. So you get the, the newer ones, the younger ones coming in, they don't know it any differently. Mm-hmm. So the way they're doing the newscast, the way they're putting them together, the way they work, that's just the way it is. But for me, I could compare it to the golden age and the best of times. And so when you've had the best of times and now you get these, it doesn't really measure up. Does is that, that is, It makes sense, but does it, is it accurate? Like, is it the right comparison to make or is it just the, your history, right? Like, you're the old guy in the building, so of course you're, you know, it's like my parents not wanting to learn how to use the pay-per-view. Sure. Or their their PVR. It's like me uh, looking at Facebook, going, "Oh, I don't need the damn uh, the damn Facebook." It doesn't it's, make sense. D- 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 <laughs> it doesn't make me right. Does it make you right that it w- it was no longer enjoyable, or is it just it's changed and it's different and it's not for you anymore? I don't know if it's a right. Everybody makes their own right. calls and as to to what works for them. It, yeah. it wasn't working for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't wasn't enjoyable. I wasn't going to enjoy having to spend half my day editing as opposed to looking over the newscast or writing or changing or trying to, to, to assess whether we've done so. Instead, it was more sausage grinder. So for me, it just wasn't, it didn't feel good anyway. Did you now, f- again, maybe that's, uh, that's just me saying, yeah, you know what, I didn't want to stay anyway. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's really that. It's just uh, at the end of the day, for me, it, it, it worked out. Do you find there's a lot of overmanaging happening from... Uh distant locations that are making it uh, almost too difficult to do your job? Again, I'm 10 months removed, so I can't speak to now. Mm -hmm. At the time, there was was never uh, overt day-to-day kind of meddling, as it were. The people who were were there did their job, did the best they could. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. yeah, so it wasn't, hey, you covered its story this way, you should have covered it. No, I didn't see any of that. What was it like that last broadcast the next morning you wake up and you no longer have the position that you held for 30 plus years? Uh, you will not be surprised by this because you've been in radio for lots of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was surprised how quickly I was wiped from the, uh, from the website. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all of that stuff was gone real quick. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It was weird. It was... Uh, I, I fortunately had uh, a little while to try and uh, assess it or deal with it or work my way through it. It was that day I had a uh, uh, hockey my my uh, beer league hockey team. We had a barbecue, so 
I got to go hang out with them. We didn't finish the cake uh, the night before, so I brought that, and so I had my face on it, and we all cut into the cake with my face <laughs> That's on cool. it. It was, it was fun. Uh, so the next day, it was kind of like, whew, that was, that was kind of wild. Right, but like for, for a lot of people, losing your job is a huge thing, and, and I mean, it affects your bottom line and stuff like that, but like I feel like it was part of your who you are. When, you, when you're a broadcast uh, 6 o'clock anchor, like you were for that long, it, like that is your identity. And as I thought through it, and in the years as I led up to that, I realized that will always be a part of who I am and who I was. But I didn't necessarily want to be defined by one thing only. So going on and having now an opportunity to maybe find something else to do or to retire gracefully or whatever I end up uh, finishing doing, it's not such a bad thing. Uh, and again, different people love different things and have different priorities, so I can only speak for myself, but I didn't want to see myself holding on or trying to still get another broadcasting gig when I was 65 or, or 70 or, right. or whatever, just having it up. It's, uh, it was, I'd done it, been there, done it, so I was good. Rumor has it uh, auctioneer. You took an auctioneer course, is this true? I did in January. took an auctioneering course at the Auctioneering College of Canada here in Edmonton. So That's a thing. Okay. Kind of fun. Uh, there are lots of, lots of events you do where you MC and then they bring in an auctioneer. So this way I can offer, offer both at the same time. In charity auctions, for example, you don't actually need to be certified, but you probably, it doesn't hurt. And my whole shtick was making sure I was aware of what I was talking about. So right. going in and doing something and not having any training would be the worst thing. So I wanted to make sure that I had some uh, some training under my belt. Is that the next career step or just a hobby? Like, is that the next income source for that? Uh, I've started uh, sort of my own sole proprietorship company where I'm an MC, uh, auctioneer, voice talent, whatever. So it's that that whole group. So you can go to DarylMcIntyre.com okay. and, uh, and see what I'm doing that way. So some, that, some radio VO maybe. Great timing, huh? I'm going to be an auctioneer or an MC for a large <laughs> yeah. event where people gather and look yes. each other in the eye. Uh, all that kind of stuff. You know, that, that, that's a great question to say. You were talking earlier about all the massive news events that you covered in your career. Have you ever seen anything like what we've seen in the past five months? No, absolutely not. Is uh, this the story of your lifetime? Uh, it is. Mm -hmm. And it goes on and it's on. It is the story of the lifetime, and I didn't get to cover it. Yeah, yeah, that much. Which is almost <laughs> almost, a, almost a blessing, right? <laughs> As you see, these poor buggers try to cover this every right. day. What a! It's uh, well, I think most people would agree. It's a it's a horrible story to have to cover um, because it doesn't stop, and every day there's something new, but not really new. It's but, like yeah. the same old, same old. It's hard to create that new content. Yeah, you'll this. always have it. Yeah, but and you get a backlash. People going, you know, all you do is just beat it over the over right. the head, right? Right. What, what else are you going to do? That's exactly what everybody is going through. You have to cover it. Yeah, we just got that this morning, actually, on yeah. the show when we talked about it. Just going, all right, we know already. Stop it. But like, <laughs> that's it's still the the biggest story. That's why everybody always talks about the weather. Yeah, <laughs> because we're always all <laughs> affected by it. Right. Uh, which is you know kind of a silly analogy, but the. I think it makes sense. In the last few months or the last year, when you'd look around the changes uh, with TV, because we've all seen it in these traditional media platforms and streaming services have, have kind of come in and, and, and given a different image to what we watch on TV. But yep. like newspaper went through it. Uh, the way we consume music has gone through it. Uh, radio is kind of going through it or is going through it right now. And television's kind of suffering from, you know, shifting into kind of an antiquated medium. Were you scared? Were you curious? 
were you like? Because that's pretty good timing for you to get out when you got out. Well, and that's why I knew that it was coming at some yeah. point. They weren't going to keep paying a fifty-six-year-old guy mm-hmm. a certain amount in order to broadcast to a continuously reducing audience. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're getting your your news through the website a la carte, mm-hmm. picking the stories you want to see. You don't need a guy introducing them. You basically read the intro yourself and watch whatever story somebody put together or read the story that uh, somebody has compiled. So I knew, that's why I knew that the, that it was coming because fiscally, I guess it just didn't make sense. Now, the other side of it is there's still a face and a, uh, and a reputation that you, you hold on to and build. But, but for CTV, I think they were confident that the CTV brand was was bigger and going to last perfectly fine and they had Aaron Isfeld there as well so Aaron's doing a good job and will continue to so well, it's, Aaron, uh, it's it's Aaron and Josh now in front of the camera and that's almost kind of it right like it's, it's yep, that's, basically like at its largest point when it was you and uh, you and Carrie and Josh and like what was the size of the staff that produced a six o'clock newscast I can't remember because it slowly uh changed so I talked about the robotic cameras, and then yeah. it became an automated system where all the a lot of the directors and the, and the operational staff were were laid off and replaced. Uh, so you'd have a crew of say six to eight, uh, as many as six to eight, you know, technically putting on the actual newscast, not counting editors, photographers, etc. Yeah. And that got reduced down to two, yeah. or in some of the newscasts, one person is in the control room and runs all of it. So you know that 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 was certainly there have been all of those kind of changes slowly, gradually over the years as you reduce staff. So the actual numbers I can't even remember now. Mm-hmm. I think we might have had ninety five at one point uh, handling news in some way, and maybe that's down to forty. So someone that looked up to you and is thinking, you know what? That's that's such a cool thing. I want to do that. I want to uh-huh. I want to go to school. I want to be a broadcaster. I want to I want to do that. What would your advice be at this point in your life? Uh, if, don't look to me because that model is virtually virtually gone. It's, I would think it's going to be difficult to find. Those jobs were few and far between in the first place when there were two six o'clock anchors on a regular basis. Right. These days, a lot of the stations you go to, there's only one. There's one in Calgary, one in Winnipeg, one in Edmonton. Uh, Vancouver still is uh, is different. Toronto's different. Uh, but there aren't an awful lot of those jobs. So you'd, I would advise you don't go into it to be the 6 o'clock anchor. You go into it to be a broadcast journalist. Mm-hmm. And you figure, and you know, your, your, your career path will figure itself out. But if you go in because you want to be on TV, right. that's the wrong career to choose. And that's probably a large percentage of the people you've A lot met. of them, yeah, I want to be on TV, or <laughs> there are a lot who wanted to be an entertainment reporter. Well, mm-hmm. there's not right. an awful lot of those, because it, it seems fun. Mm-hmm. But and it and it can be fun. But if you don't love and respect the job for all that it is in the first place, that is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Interesting way to look at it. Uh, over your career, who was the uh, coolest, famous person you met? Got to sit down with? Got to spend time with? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, like in news, a lot of the the people that we would talk to tended to be political or that kind of stuff and I never found politicians cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I can say anything I want now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, there was, you know, you know who was cool? We had Tom Cochran. Uh, 
musician Tom Cochran in on the noon show uh, mm-hmm. a while back. <laughs> Quite a while back, like 20, 25 years ago. He was a blast. He was having so much fun. Hey, man, let's just do a song. It'll be great. <laughs> he'd go and he'd do a song, and it was just a, it was a blast. So he, people like that are fun when you see somebody who has talent who is also just pretty straight up. Right. Like, just normal. That, that's when it's, when it's kind of fun. Mm. Um, if I were to give you the choice, but you can only choose one of the word to describe your career, would it be fun or would it be interesting? Uh, I would go interesting. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You're learning every day. Yeah, I learning guess. something new. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I think just, just chalking it down to fun uh, reduces what I consider to be the importance of what we did. Yeah. Was it fun? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. But interesting more, more than anything. Every day you learn something new. Yeah, you always revered the importance. You always revered and respected what your position, what your job was to do. Like, we do the exact opposite around here. We come <laughs> in here and we don't know what we're doing from day to day, and all we're trying to do is goof off as best we can. But yeah, it's you, pretty cool you made a career out of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. But you had to do the exact opposite. Like, you had to actually, uh, you know, I guess, deliver on the expect the serious expectations of people when probably what you wanted to do was jerk around a little bit. Right. Well, that's a that's a that's a huge assumption. Right. <laughs> I'm a bit of a fun sponge. So. Right. Oh, there you go. Yeah, no, and and we still did. I mean, like, not everything was was super serious. Hanging out with Carrie Doll, the two of us laughed more than. Right. So was that that was a, a right genuine? To. She she was on a podcast not too long ago uh, here, and we talked to her, and she said that was a genuine friendship, and it, and it truly was. Absolutely. Yeah, we we holidayed together. We've hung out together. It's it's uh, and. It, and as a sort of a team of two, you, it's almost us against the world in some ways. Not mm-hmm. not to that level, but but you know, we I had her back, she had mine. We were and we were friends throughout it. So that was a that was a great relationship. We were together on the air for thirteen years. Is that rare to have in television? I know in radio, a lot of the morning shows that work together, the minute their mics are off, they absolutely hate each other. What is more common, to hate your co-host or to love your co-host? Uh, I would hope it's to love yes. because you you work together so closely, and I right. think I think you see it if uh, if two people really actually don't like each other. Oh yeah, you can fake that for a while, but it's gonna it's gonna come through. Right. So right. I think it's more common, or if not love, there's there's always like a good relationship of right. some form. Okay, uh, 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 screw I think Dolly and I might have been a little unusual, but yeah, perhaps. Right. Which is probably why it worked. Well. Yeah, and that's why everyone loved it. And they could feel that genuine love that you had for each other. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, biggest biggest screw up that you can remember doing, uh, or, or failure that you had during your career. Yeah, this is. I don't think of failures. <laughs> <laughs> why the Why not the one. hell would I want to dwell on something? Not horrible? one polished and perfection. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. Never once did you lose composure. Come on. On live TV. Uh, no, I actually didn't really composure on on live TV at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of it, but everybody makes some mistakes. Like if you flub something on the air, who cares? Fix right. it, move on, make sure the information gets out. Sure. So nothing big, nothing big ever happened. That's good. Uh, well, there was one, but I don't even want to talk about that. And that mm-hmm. wasn't even on air. That was just a dumb thing. Um, <laughs> you can't do yeah, that I, to us, Daryl. I, I, vo- I voiced something because I was trying to make some extra cash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I don't think I realized what it was going to be used for. And when I said it, it ended up being uh, more of an advocating kind of thing for uh, for a certain group within the city. Okay. And then uh, and then it got played at a news conference. 
and my voice, which I never thought of, you know, if it's not my name, it's not my face. It's not, you know, it's just a voice. I'm just voicing something. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Well, my voice came out, and suddenly I'm an advocate for somebody, and my Learned boss that the hard way. Yeah. mind. <laughs> what the hell were you thinking? Whoops. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. So yeah. my biggest screw-up was something outside of the news. It was just uh, me trying to make some more money as uh, doing voiceovers. I can do those now, and I don't care. That's right. There you go. Yeah, yeah. you're free to, you're free to do you what you like. You got the voice for it. Oh, Sounds you do. Good. Oh, you yeah. totally do. Well, what does that mean? Well, I mean, uh, you got the voice for it. You you know, just, we you all s- have a voice. You sound like a trusty, <laughs> a trusting voice. You sound like someone I would trust. I sure. Kind that. of a dick, but you know what? I still trust you. <laughs> At least you said kind of. Uh, let's. Uh, we'll let. Thank Not a you. total, complete, absolute <laughs> douchebag. Thank you so much for doing this. What is the future of television in your mind? When we go to turn on the TV five years from now, ten years from now, what will be on the? Will live television be there? Will local television be there? Some variation of it, live television for sure, because there are uh, there are still shared experiences that get uh, that get shared through television. Except television itself is different. Television now is streaming. It yeah. could be on your on your phone or on your on your computer. So I think just the definition of what television is is expanded. But sports is still uh, an amazing uh, thing for bringing people together and watching at the same time. So even if you're watching on your computer and you're streaming a hockey game or whatever, it's still television uh for lack of a better word it's just it's uh, how it how it's delivered is what's what's different mm-hmm. i think for the most part well and how it's consumed as well right and right. How, yeah how it's delivered how it's consumed right. i think i was saying that that's exactly what i was saying but thank you for changing how See, i said it that's good right <laughs> it's, a, it's efficiency <laughs> Darryl, ever to, heard of efficiency there um, we go back to the dick one <laughs> uh you're a, you're a hockey fan um do you like the idea of watching hockey without any fans in the stadium Absolutely. Okay. Everything has changed. There, there are so many things uh, following COVID that are weird and different and unusual, but you can still enjoy them. Mm-hmm. I'll take it how I can get it. Okay. Amen. I'm hoping that everybody stays healthy and safe and that that house of cards doesn't just come tumbling down because that's a risky little endeavor that they're, they're working on. Do you think you're hoping, but do you think it will? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Like, that, that's crystal ball stuff that... I will enjoy watching the the games absolutely, mm-hmm. and it's going to be different. But there's no doubt when, in my mind, when those guys get on the ice, it whether there's somebody in the stands or not, they're still going to be battling and competing, and that's going to be mm-hmm. fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Right. In fact, you might get some audio that isn't drowned out by crowds. That maybe that's what I'm excited for. <laughs> yeah, the lead button's yeah. going to be just cranked to the uh, be raw yeah. eleven. Yeah. That will be interesting. Well, All right, so DarylMcIntyre.com to find out what you're up to next. Uh, yep, yeah, or up to right now. So mm-hmm. there's still some virtual things going on, so I'm doing a couple of virtual conferences and some other kind of things and uh, doing some voice work, so I'm doing some things uh, like that. But we'll see what the, what the world looks like as far as we get to gather in large groups again. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Appreciate your time. Hey, thank you, chatting Darryl. with you, boys. Okay, miss you. Thank you, Daryl. Miss do. you too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, we're still here, Daryl. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh oh, oh, Daryl McIntyre. Thank you, sir. Cheers. Yeah, my, uh, that is uh, Daryl McIntyre. Wait, great for him to take a little bit of time, right? Yeah, that very, dry, very wonderful sense of humor that uh, behind the walls he was best known for. We worked in that building for. Mm-hmm. In fact, it looks like his dismissal uh, looked a lot like our dismissal, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? absolutely. And uh, and uh, his is just more shocking though because he was such a name. Uh, well, and they kept a good relationship. That was the other. That's the other big difference, <laughs> I guess, between uh, his dismissal and ours. But uh, yeah, I mean, he was always well known. And Josh will tell me all the time, Josh Clausen 
and that like Daryl's the funniest guy in that in that building or mm-hmm. was the funniest guy in that building right right you may he may not seem that way and i think that's part of it is that he's not you don't assume him to be funny because he is the straight man on the newscast sure but behind the scenes mm-hmm. he was uh applauded as being just nice and genuine and and caring and and while professional also funny so right and just to think of what he would have uh witnessed in his career to go through like those stories he said right yeah. And then to go through the technology advances and go through a full busy no- newsroom to just a couple of people. And then to have to like, at, at his age, 60, what did he say? 56? I think he's 56 now. 56 Let's... years old to have to like relearn your job completely mm-hmm. when you're so comfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. And then like, it, it's basically mm-hmm. going back to school to figure out how to mm-hmm. do it. And then ultimately being let go. And now at 56 years old, try to find a new footing for a career. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Wow. So we thank Daryl McIntyre for joining us on the uh, After Show Show. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review. We are working on some new exciting things for uh, the podcast, for the After Show yes. Show, which hopefully we will have for you in, in the coming weeks. Um, there are some summer holidays coming up. Not a lot of them, but there are a handful of summer yep. holidays coming up. And the plan for that is to kind of uh, take some ar- go into the archives and take some of, uh, some of the most uh, uh, appreciated uh, After Show Show uh, guests and storylines and uh, kind of replay them, repackage them and replay them. So if you hear some of those coming up, it's not your ears deceiving you. You didn't download the wrong thing. That might be coming uh, here and there over the next couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, but tomorrow will, or uh, tomorrow, next week will be a uh, another uh, original content after show show. And I'm trying to wrangle a guest that oh, yeah. wasn't yeah, able yeah. to join us Yeah, a local week. influencer. Uh, yeah, it's just very interesting, very uh, inspiring, I think, would be the best. So if uh, if you're in the need to get inspired in these down times, you may want to listen to uh, next week's After Show show. Before we go, Robbie, and I know that this is kind of uh, not going to be the most accurate, depending on when, you, uh, uh, when you're listening to this, but last week's After Show show mm-hmm. um, with the mother of the boy who's about to turn two and needs it. What are we at with that GoFundMe and that quest for $2.8 million? The GoFundMe Sorry. as it it sits at this exact moment recording right. this at 10 a.m. Yeah. July 15th. It's at $875,000. Okay, and a week ago it was at, what, $300,000? Yeah. So it it went up, and it's very admirable that half a million dollars was raised in less than a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, that goal of $2.8 million seems a long way away. So again, we ask you to uh, get involved with Kaysen's uh, GoFundMe and uh, try and get uh, closer to that target from uh, last week's After Show Show. Yeah. That good? That you was got awesome. It. All right. Our thanks again to Daryl McIntyre. Thanks for listening to the After Show Show. The Pepper and Dylan Show. <laughs> Weekday mornings on KISS 91.7.